All right, we are live back again, once again, back again with another show, the All-Star MMA Live, supported by the All-Star. If you go in the descriptions, you can download the All-Star app, make picks on UFC fights, build points, join leagues, and JSpec has the best league, like I always say every week, because you can win prizes, you know, his, his prizes, you know what I mean, like autograph, posters, I believe Demetrius Johnson. Is, yep. is the is the one that's up for grabs right now if you want to autograph authenticated dj demetrius johnson signed poster of the fight that he almost lost against tim elliott join the league on the all-star right there you go look at that thing put it on the big screen right here Boom. look at that get that join the league download the app and also enjoy the app right the app has yeah. everything that you need you have all the sports nfl is going strong right now what are the sports are going strong i know nfl is obviously um, the nfl is going on right now uh nhl NBA. is a yeah nhl is about to pop off soon uh nba is coming up like we're just weeks away from all that and most importantly right now uh baseball is in its final legs of its playoffs so there you go okay so follow along you know what i mean you can customize the app all day every day for whatever sports you want and uh you know we're mma guys so we're mostly customized to the fight game with all the major promotions and the picks option. So go in there and have some fun. You know, if you're a fight fan, make picks. You know, you could get it down to like the 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 round, the method, you know what I mean? Like it's very detailed. So go in there and and have some fun. You know definitely. And it also keeps track of your your stuff too. Like, you know, as a person, I sometimes lose track a little bit of my score. There's a nice tally. You can keep track of your accuracy. Definitely, without a doubt, man. And, you know, UFC Vegas 81 just happened yesterday, and it was a wild, wild main event. Uh, two weeks in a row where a veteran faces off against, like, a rising contender, right? Like, Yusef is not a prospect. He's a contender. There's a difference, right? A lot of people don't. Like, Cameron Simon and Christian Rodriguez are prospects. Right. Yusef. Is not a prospect. He's a rising contender. You know, I mean, he's he's had incredible performances, and this was his his shot at a big name, pretty much. And he went in there, and and man, he slammed some shots on Edson Barbosa. We'll get into the main event. There was a, a quite a few interesting matchups on this card, and and some really solid performances. You know, a couple of short notice fights, but you know what what card doesn't have a couple of short notice fights and uh, incredible incredible performances every week we get to see uh people say like the the product is watered down but um i look at it as like these guys are out there trying to make money and they're trying to perform the best that they can and they're trying to make highlights you know what i mean it doesn't matter uh, i don't know what watered down necessarily means is it because it like the records are like not as good or is the talent level i i understand that as well you know what i mean some guys are not as talented as others and this is the fight game too some guys just don't perform up to their level because of, you know, unforeseen circumstances, exactly. injuries, you know, uh, sicknesses, whatnot. You know, you don't know what's going on in these fights until afterwards, right? Don't be dumb. I don't want to say don't be dumb, but, you know, if, if you don't want to fight, be like Paulo Costa and reveal that you had surgery two weeks ago. That will definitely make the promotion or the commission cancel your fight. Those are red flags, right? There's nobody getting surgery and then fighting a couple weeks later like it's 
it's crazy, right? But fighters are fighters, man. Whatever. Anyways, let's go into the main event. Let's get this uh get this fight on the screen. Here we go. First round, man. The first round was pretty insane. Like, Chaos. Yusuf goes in there and does what we all expected, right? Just pressures and throws bombs. And Barboza was having a very, very hard time handling all of that. Took a lot of shots. If you look at the numbers, um, Yusuf landed 206 strikes. And Edson, total, right? Total in the fight, Edson landed 178. So that's a pretty decent gap. But I believe like most of the probably most of those strikes are landed in the first round, right? Because the first round was dominated by uh, Yusuf, right? So, man, Yusuf went in there and did what he can. But I don't know what happened from round two to five, man. It just did he just survive? Is that what happened? Like he just survived for the like we, now we know he can go five rounds, but is that the type of five rounds that you want to go? You know what I mean? Like tell me, Jasper. My perspective of what I was seeing was a fighter who sold out he 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 used a lot of fuel like you said look at those strike numbers i don't know what it was for round one exactly but my, rob's unofficial stats uh says there's like ten thousand strikes thrown in that first round dude like and it wasn't it wasn't varied shots there wasn't measuring he was trying to end edson barbosa with 99 of those 100 shots thrown uh so huge energy expenditure the whole time how edson uh, barely survived through it, used veteran Wiley and hung on for dear life. And the fight gods granted him a little bit of a uh, little break at the end, just a few seconds to let him get into that next round. I just truly believe Mr. Yusuf spent too much fuel in that first round. The second round, you could, you know, Edson started getting his feet back together. And I, and just from three, four, and five, you could, you could just tell which was weird to see after how deep, deep in trouble Barboza was. He just re he recuperated through that second round. Third round, he was fresher. You could see it. The hand speed to the veteran is not. And by the and by fourth and fifth, it was like, wow. I mean, it, it's kind of at, at that point, you just had to know or you didn't have to know, but you have to heavily speculate that it was energy related for Yusuf. And that's why he just couldn't go anymore uh we talked about it while we were watching it live hey there's also a difference in veteranship right edson barboza it's been a while i think someone pointed out that it was 2019 was the last time he went five rounds but who cares he's been there he's done that he knows it mr yusuf I, as far as i uh, looked up he's never gone five rounds before so you know think you're in shape trained to be in shape been through five rounds all that stuff adding together maybe he was I, I I get all I can say is what I saw, and I saw a guy who was slower and couldn't uh, put out through the later rounds, and the veteran used all the tricks in the book and come out with the dub. Looked good doing it too. All right, so M is saying that uh, he's saying didn't Yusuf have a shoulder injury after one? And M continues by saying Yusuf said on Twitter he thinks he tore his shoulder in round one. Okay, yeah, so he was in he was in survival mode, right? So okay, that makes if, sense. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and then if he had a shoulder injury, then he couldn't throw the same type of heat, right? And then now you're protecting your shoulder because you don't want to get hit in that shoulder as well. You know, what I mean, it changes up the whole game, especially if it's like the front shoulder, like where you stand and you know you're exposed more compared to the back. And if it, even if it's the back shoulder, 
that's like your power hands. So you can't even throw that properly because your shoulder's injured, man. Shoulder injuries are, are terrible. We've seen some bad ones. You know, I mean, you, you heard about the Yuri Prohaska injury, and then we saw uh, Jack Jenkins separate his shoulder during a fight, and you saw him. He he couldn't continue at all, man. The shoulder is just a bad one. Uh, what was it? Uh, um, what's that one kid? Um, the the Aaron Pico. Remember, he separated his shoulder in the fight against Jeremy Kennedy, and yeah. they, they tried to pop it back in, and they just couldn't, and he couldn't continue. So fighting the with a shoulder injury, that's yeah. a mad respect for that. Mad respect, dude. And, dude, he looked so good in that first round. I mean, there was even a sequence where Barboza went for the calf kick and then a body kick, and Yusuf checked the calf kick and got his right leg up to block, check the, the body kick. It was, like, amazing. It was, like, I don't know. He was on fire in that first round, and just somehow that intensity just couldn't be sustained. And that's all I saw. The shoulder injury, right? It explains that. like what happened, and and uh, I believe in the second round, that's when uh, was it second or third round where uh, Edson hit hit the spin uh, the wheel kick. I think and that was rocked, third. third round rocked uh, Yusuf. Yusuf survived, um, and that was incredible to watch because it's like something that we've seen a few times, right? Like where people just because that thing is just it just happens, right? You, do, you can't really tell when it's going to. It just happens. And if you can, you're getting out the way, right? And if it's too late, you put up your hands, it's still going to hit you, and you might get rocked from that. Uh, but, yeah, this fight, it was entertaining. Uh, but there was, I think there was more uh, There was more entertaining fights. Well, we'll get to those eventually. But this one was good. I know it got fight of the night because why? They're the main event, and you put on a fight like that, usually it's fight of the night. Uh, they get the bonus. Um, when you look at Edson Barbosa, man, and him being at 37 years old, and looking like he does and being in shape like he does and still fighting the way he does, it's it's pretty incredible, dude. Like, people don't give him enough Mind credit. Blowing. His next fight will be his 30th fight in the UFC. His next fight will be his 30th fight in the UFC. That's, like, unheard of. Like, how many guys do you know that have 10 fights in the <clears> UFC? <throat> 20 fights. He's going to be on his 30th fight, and he's still fighting the contenders. Top 10 like, if you look at the... Look at his list. His list is it's Sadiq the Yusuf, Billy Q, Bryce Mitchell, Giga Chikadze, Shane Burgos, Marco Andre Dan Ige, Paul Felder, Justin Gaethje, Dan Hooker, Kevin Lee, Habib, Benil Darius, Gilbert, Anthony Pettis, Tony Ferguson, Michael Johnson, Bobby Green, Donald Cerrone. Uh, man, it just goes on and on, dude. It's just like it's just amazing. And he and he and he got into the UFC after one, two, three, four, five, six, only six fights, and he and he gets signed to the UFC, and he's been there ever since. Mm-hmm. That is crazy, dude. Like Mental. he needs to be. I think like there should be a wing of the Hall of Fame. I know the Hall of Fame doesn't really mean shit, but I should. I think there should be a wing for the Hall of Fame for guys like Edson Barbosa. Like I put him in the same category as like Cowboy Cerrone, right? Like. Guys that are just, they never really, they never won a title. You know, they were elite. But he's doing, I think he's doing more than Cowboy Cerrone ever did. Like, Cowboy Cerrone had a deep dive, you know, at the Mm -hmm. end, right? He's 37, and he's still fighting and beating the best guys in the world. Like, I put him above Cowboy Cerrone. 
I think he should be above Cal Personi. And I think Cal Personi made it, he made it into the Hall of Fame, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, he that? did. Yes, he did. I was just, okay, yep, just so, this past year. Yeah, so if this he makes it in, Edson last. Barbosa has to make it in. He's like, Edson Barbosa is a BMF, right? Like, he's one of the guys that would just, he's fought everybody. And he's beaten a lot of them. Yep. So give give uh, Barbosa his respect. Yusuf, he's still young. Um, this was a challenge. You know what I mean? He'll learn from this. And uh, he'll be back strong. He's he's legit too, man. I'm not gonna overshadow him. But who should fight Edson Barboza next, right? Barboza's on a win streak now, and in that featherweight division, I'm still shocked that he can make featherweight. Right? It's just amazing to me. Dude, some of these guys are just super hard examples to other people. Of like, it sounds like you're making excuses because there's this dude over here been doing it, no problem. I say, because Essen is number 13 and Sadiq was number 11. So he just beat the number 11 guy. So he jumps up in the ranking somewhere, right? My and bad. I me, said it was the, 10. My fault. Uh, to me, his his best two options would be Josh Emmett and Calvin Cater. I don't think he's fought either guy. Let me see. Josh Emmett or Calvin Cater? No, he hasn't fought either guy. He hasn't fought Josh Emmett or Calvin Cater. Josh Emmett, I believe he's coming off back-to-back uh, -back losses. And uh, and uh, Calvin Cater is also coming off a long uh, injury, right? He, he's, he's in recovery right now. But I think he's ready to come back. I think those two guys will be, uh, would benefit the most from that type of matchup because Edson's a big name. It could be a main event for a fight night, right? Josh Emmett versus Edson Barbosa or Josh Emmett versus – or, I mean – it's a Barbosa versus Calvin Cater. What do you see in that? Do you think so? Dude, you sold me already. Um, I'm I'm all in for the Emmett one because I believe they're near uh the same mileage and age and that kind of stuff. And um, you know, honestly, we, we saw Emmett try. He came up short against Yair. And Tuporia, right? Uh was it Tuporia too? Shoot, my bad. I just remember that I just remember him coming up short against Yair. Uh, but yeah, to pray, you got right. You're right. Um, and and he needs a bounce back. Like if he he's kind of fighting for relevancy, you know. And if you're gonna give him a shot, you gotta give him. A, to me, the best thing is let the veterans fight it out right here. And uh, yeah, that 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 sounds good to me. Cater, I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, that's cool too. But I would prefer Emmett. Yusef, uh, of course, is gonna drop down. So I think. I think when you lose, you should be fighting somebody that's like down the rankings from you. You know what I mean? Below you. So, right. uh, you know, Yusef versus uh, Lerone Murphy, man. Lerone Murphy is at sitting at uh, number 15. That would be a good fight, right? Um, Caceres. I don't know if he fought Caceres already, but I definitely, I know definitely he hasn't fought uh, Lerone Murphy. So, Lerone Murphy, I like the kid. I think uh, that would be a good matchup, a good striking battle. See if Lerone could handle that power that Yusuf has. M is saying, I like those two options, but Cub Swanson versus Edson Barbosa. I, I believe Cub Swanson is he just, just got, got surgery. surgery. Yeah. yeah, so he'd be out for a while. But he just it, you know, fixes back. But that timeline could come back. But the thing is, like, why would Edson Barbosa fight Cub Swanson? Way down the ladder. Yeah. yeah, when he just beat a guy that's ahead of him in the rankings. That, like, if they put the matchup together, I'll, I'll watch it. But I'm just saying, like, for Edson, I think he wants to move closer to some kind of title, right? Imagine uh, yeah. if he won the title 
like at the age of like 39 or something. As a striker, striker yeah. fundamentals too. Yeah. I'm mind blowing because all the guys who've done it north of 40 that I can that come into my head quickly were all grappler centric. So yeah. that would be spectacular. I would love it. That would be great. That would be great. Um, but yeah, they they still have a lot of good options. Um, when you know, whenever someone's 37 years old, you're thinking like, man, they don't. When are they going to start to decline, right? And we thought we saw it in uh, Edson Barbosa a, a couple years back, but he resurged and he looks incredible. And especially with Usada gone at the end of the year, you never know, man. With a lot of these older fighters, they might start looking a lot better, just because they're allowed to take things for recovery. And I, that's a topic I think we should talk about right now is USADA and the job that they did. I've never been a fan of USADA, so uh, I'm not going to talk shit about them for 10 minutes. But I'm saying now that USADA has gone and they got this like former FBI agent who was the interrogation leader for Osama bin Laden. It's like, or not, who's that? Saddam Hussein. Hussein. It's yeah. like, why? I don't understand the logic behind hiring this guy. Does he know anything about drug testing or is it just, I have like, what does interrogation have to do with drug testing? Everything. You, okay. you, you ever try to bust a teenager and doing drugs? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and fear, fear rules everything. Uh, but no, all, all jokes aside, um, talk, I, you know, great topic. We were talking about this. I was talking about this with Zach, Mr. Palga. He said that that guy is from what he understood of it. And I, I hope I'm right. Uh, understood this correctly is that that gentleman who was hired is going to be more is going to be making sure the policies and stuff fit for the fighters. So I think that guy is actually going to be for the company slash the fighter side. He's not on the side of the doping agency because the, the doping agency is going to be clean sport, which runs the NFL and some other big time major sports uh, league. So um I just want to continue on this with the information just given to me by Mr. Palga was he was just talking about the difference between USADA and clean sport because he's he tested in clean sport when in his time in the NFL is that the big difference is uh, like the USADA could just roll up on you anytime 24 seven. I guess with clean sport, it's a little bit more scheduled or not as. I guess they can't shoot you like a probation, like you're on probation, and just roll up on you in the middle of the night or while you're. Uh, cutting weight like Paulo Costa and draw blood 5 a.m. That kind of stuff, I guess, will go out of the table uh, and could be good things for fighters. So Yeah, that's what happened to Volkanovski ahead of the second Max Holloway fight. They woke him up the night of the day, the night of the night that he's sleeping to fight the next morning. They woke him up to test him. But he's about to fight. Like, and it explains like how he performed, you know what I mean, early on. Like he just wasn't there. But he yeah. turned it around and won the fight. But I'm just saying, like stuff like yeah, Paulo Costa, he was in the middle of a weight cut, I heard, and he tried to test him. Right. You know, it's just yeah, that that stuff, I think that's the biggest complaint from the fighters. It's not about getting tested, it's about, you know, like having a babysitter, like a tracker on you, like you are on probation, like you are a criminal or something right. already. It's like you're guilty until you're proven innocent which right. the innocence would be taking the test. Um, but the thing is, like, drug-free sport, I don't have no idea what the, what the hell that is. And I think that there's corruption in everything. So even if they are involved in the UFC, there's going to be some type of corruption happening, I think. And, you know, um, I think they need to change the rules 
I think that they need to allow fighters to take certain types of medication or whatever that they offer in a hospital, something that's in a hospital setting, like something that's legal. And if it's, if it's for recovery, I think fighters should be able to use it, man, because recovery is the most important. It's not, it's not about making you stronger or bigger or nothing. Like, it's about recovering right. from in, like, and training MMA is the hardest thing in the world, man. These guys are always injured. They're always injured and they have injuries yep. for years and they're just mm -hmm. hiding that shit. And then they're like, Oh, you know, my elbow's been messed up for three years, but I still fight. You know what I mean? It's like a normal person wouldn't do that. Like they would just go get it. But imagine if you could go to a doctor and heal like an elbow injury without surgery. Right. And it's just I an injection, you know, stuff like that. Also, like, let's be honest, we're talking about keeping it safe and being real. You know, wouldn't you want to allow the medically allowed type of stuff versus the, you know, using the USADA loophole right now of, of, oh, let me retire and take some Tijuana cocktails. Like, that's not a great idea. Yeah. Tijuana no disrespect to Tijuana. Just, just saying. <laughs> I'm saying I think drug-free sport is just a sample collection company while USADA runs an anti-doping pro. If that's the truth, then, man, who... Like so, the drug free drug free sport just gives the collection to the UFC, and the UFC does what they want. Which, which man, that that doesn't control anything, right? That would be very suspicious if that is true. Yeah. But, uh, so, what else? The other part of this I heard, and I'm you know I'm just gonna throw it up there was I guess these some of the peptides and some of the totally legal out there uh, recovery methods that are banned through USADA. Uh, it's a trickle-down effect because USADA is under WADA, World Anti-Doping, and they are under or sub subscribed to or under the command of uh, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, which that's who they care about. So these rules and these restrictions are trickled down from international uh, the Olympic Committee, which, I mean, with all due respect, has nothing to do with us or our sport. We're not even in the Olympics. So why the hell is their standards applied to us? Uh, there you go. So. Hopefully the 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 new uh, system is fair to everyone. True. It's uh, yeah. I just hope they make some some alterations. I hope that they have strict guidelines of like, you know, uh, if a fighter is injured, like you can go and and get the proper paperwork to get the the type of treatment that you need to get. If not, man, these a lot of these careers are ending short. They're ending like they're getting. You can't. You could only get cut up and operated on so much to the point where you're just a fucking patchwork. Look at Michael Bisping; both his knees are gone. But imagine if he had the medication earlier on in his career that helped him, like you know, recover with his knees. You know, I mean, when they were injured and they were allowed to go get the injections or whatnot, right? But then I heard, you know, I understand the the argument on the other side where people are like, oh, if you allow that, then you know, there's going to be loopholes and fighters are going to get certain doctors and. Well, then I guess so the UFC needs to have their own doctors running the program for each fighter, like for fighters that are injured coming into Vegas. They have the money to fly fighters in to treat their injuries, right, if it's serious, and in Vegas. And I'm pretty sure they have all the facilities, everything that they need, right, mm -hmm. to, to do it. Yeah. You're, you're the number one promotion in the world. There's no reason why you should not be able to fly in your athletes. You only have 600. The NBA, how many... NBA fighters or players are there. How many NFL players are there? And I can tell you this, that the UFC does have some of the, the very best uh, 
orthopedic surgeons in knees, hips, shoulders in Vegas. Like they really do. Yeah. So they they need to like if a fighter is injured, you know, you got PIs around the world now. Like you got one in China. If the fighter's in Asia, maybe go to the PI in China, have them work on them. If you don't have that access, then go to Vegas, right? Like you fly the fighters there. Uh, you know, that the UFC says that they are the biggest and the baddest, and they are probably, but like they don't treat their athletes like they're the biggest, the baddest, right? Because if it was an NFL player, it's dude, they would have everything to their service, right? Like everything that they need would be there for them if they're in. And, and I, I'm with you, John, and I want better, bigger, better, and awesome for the fighters too. At the same time, the UFC is leading the way and there's a two country miles ahead of any other promotion as far as taking care of or even trying to even act like they're giving a shit. So I, I want to yeah. give UFC a little bit of credit for the effort that they've put in so far, but it could be done better. And I'm 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 stand side to side with you on that. But it also could be a complete illusion. Like it's just they just say that that this is what's gonna happen. And we won't know until next year exactly how it's gonna be run. But you know, hiring some guy that interrogates people and then a drug-free sport that just collects samples. If that's all well, true, it's just like very odd, like how it's going to be. And I'm actually a little bit more uh, optimistic because if you're if you're putting companies, if you're bringing uh, testing agencies really respected across all the big major sports, I think it kind of brings you along with them. If you're using the anti-doping agency that the NFL and NBA and whoever else is using, well, then you're on that level. Yeah. Well, it's just like uniforms. Right. They just they need to do that to make it look more of like an organized sport. And then the drug testing. You know, they did that to make it look like a more legitimate sport. And now this is just the next step. But is it really doing anything beneficial for the fighters? We will find out. We will find out. That's all that matters to me is like, does it benefit the fighters? Like, is this drug free sport company entity gonna do a great job you know making it a level playing field because you know fighters that are like that were busted by usada and ruined their careers which there have been a few right tom lawler is one of them john mm -hmm. jones is another one who's screaming about his you know his picograms and his loss to Dan Daniel Cormier to be overturned. I would pick other gentlemen besides John Jones for this argument. I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> just saying. That's what that's what it was. You know, but, uh, it is what it is. Let's uh, let's move on to the co-main event. Uh, Jennifer Maya versus Vivian Arujo. And Vivian Arujo, man, she surprised me in this fight. She uh, she went in there and and did the damn thing, right? Like it was pretty incredible what she did. Let me uh try to put this on. How do we how did we do this last time? Okay, here we go. Wait, wait, wait. Let me see. I'm retarded cool. with this. All right, there we go. Damn. All right, so um, so Rujo she implemented uh, a pretty grappling heavy approach, right? And I thought Maya would have been the better grappler. You know, I thought she would have been, but she's not. I was so maybe I just don't follow these fighters enough because <laughs> it's crazy. Like they're ranked number nine and 11 <clears throat> and arujo was number 11 she beat the higher ranked fighter um not really too too exciting of a fight but you know what'd you think of it i will jump right in and say i am happy i am a viviani arujo fan all right just a little bit of a skid bounce back hell yeah that's what's up 
you know, this is one of those things where I think our memory is right. I just think that in recent times, uh, Ms. Maya has been showing a better striking arsenal, but I feel like it. Co-host felt like it. You feel like it. Other people, I remember talking about it, the fight live. Remember Ms. Maya having a little better uh, repertoire on the ground. Didn't go her way this time. Good fight uh, between, you know, ladies that are in the high, you know, the higher mileage of age. But the, the real difference, I think, is uh, Ms. Maya has more fight miles. You know, I think body-wise, I'm just guessing, uh, Ms. Araujo is a little fresher. And I'm just happy that she got the win. Both ladies, awesome. I, I have no uh, bad feelings against any. It's just one of those fights where it's like good performance, but I don't know what else to go on about, you know? Exactly, right? Like, it wasn't like something, a combing event where you're like, yo, let's write home about this from right. prison. No, there's nothing <laughs> about that, right? Um, yeah, like, if you look at the stats, control time, seven minutes compared to a minute and a half. That's a huge difference, right? And she was on top for a lot of that. You know, the control time is on top, right? So uh, she did what she needed to do to get a win, like you said, back in the win column. Um, who do they fight next? Uh, I think Arujo should fight somebody ahead of her because she beat somebody ahead of her. Um, it's hard to say. You know what I mean, Caitlin Chukagian, I don't know if she has a matchup, but that would be okay. Have they fought before? I don't know, man. Uh, it feels like, but you know the thing is, Chukagian. It feels like when you you just say her name, it's like who hasn't she fought? She's fought like everybody. So when you say it, you're just like, I'm not sure. Is that a good answer? Uh, but she did. She did fight Chukagian already. She lost to Chukagian. Yeah, Chukagian has pretty much fought everybody. Everybody. But uh, so, so so like yeah. So Rujo, she snapped a two fight losing streak against Amanda Hibas and uh, Grasso. Uh, she she beat Andrea Lee before that and lost to Chukagian and then beat. Montefiore and De La Rosa lost to Jessica I, and before that beat uh, Alexis Davis. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't want to go too deep into it because I don't know, man. It's just this division. Not, it's not the most exciting. Let's just I, put it out there. I will say this: I think the women. I feel like they they don't move the women's ranking the same way they move the men's ranking, and it causes stalemates and it causes these like oh let's do the trilogy between a bunch of ladies that doesn't matter, you know like I yeah. when when a woman loses in the rankings they don't fall as far as the men. Hey, I know there's lots of things that are men and women not oriented you know coordinated. I'm just pointing out what I've you know observed. Yeah the the. The strawweight division, it's, you know, if you compare it to the flyweight division, strawweight division is just, it's the shit. Like, it's so much better, so much more competitive. And it's weird that it's that way because you would think the bigger, you know, women would be carrying the more power and, the you know, just be different. But it's the, it's the strawweight division, man. Like, that's the baby. That's the, that's, that's the one that pushes mixed martial arts and women's mixed martial arts in the UFC. You know, Bantamweight was okay. And I think Bantamweight is probably just, it's just as good as the flyweight, but strawweight is the best to watch right now. It's hard yeah, to argue. Definitely. Right, no, I, so, no argument. Yeah, so let's move on to uh, the next fight. Let's see what we got here. The next fight This is the is, one. Okay. 
Martinez versus yes. Yeah, so we gotta look at those stats, man. Martinez versus. I'll let you just talk. Go ahead and tell me what you thought about this fight. This fight was the people's main event. Let's keep it real. The internet was hyped for this one. We were hyped for this one. Both these dudes are studs, super likable. And, uh, man, it was a good fight for a little bit, and then it got weird. Um, Jonathan Martinez kicked the shit out of Mr. Yanez's uh, leg. That uh, He hit him. Like, if, if anybody ever played, like, uh, RPGs or, like, turn-based games where, like, you hit the person and it's, like, critical strike, like, Dude, Martinez was like every other kick to uh, Yanez's leg was just like a critical hit, and you could almost instantly see not just the effect of damage, what it felt like on Mister Yanez, but the damage occurring to his leg like real time. Uh, some people criticizing Adrian for not doing anything about it, you know, kind of just being stuck in the mud with his, his boxing stance. Um, man, yeah. Uh, and this this kind of brings me to a, a bigger point, which I'm not even ending my first point, but who cares? It is he now second week in a row that I see a I would like to call a young talented fighter who has a lot of fights in front of him. Second fight in a row, second week in a row. Last week, Alima Lane McFarland clearly had her knee effed up, kept pushing forward against Liz Carmouche, trying her best, got her leg kicked out from her, destroyed, got to get carried out. Yanez. Clearly, knee screwed up. Keeps showing the dog in him the toughness. At what point does toughness meet stupid, you know? Because he didn't need to keep being in there, and he kept going until his knee is effed, right? So now another young promising fighter with lots of mileage in front of him has a knee effed because nobody in the corner threw a towel. And I know it's not part of MMA culture, and I know blah, 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 blah. I've argued the for it. But, man, are we just going to keep watching promising young fighters that people like just lose their knee in a futile effort when it's already going downhill and can't be won. I don't know. It's hard to say, man. The culture is, uh, it's definitely not about quitting. Like this culture is not about quitting. Like sports is not about quitting. Right. right. But this is more brutal because this sport, if you, it's not even a sport, it's fighting. Um, if you, if you are, you know, if you don't quit, it could end up you. It could end up ha with you in the hospital, getting surgery for something. You know what I mean? Like that's what quitting, uh, not quitting, can do to you. Uh, with uh, Yanez, man, he's he's a super talented fighter, man. Like um, when he went in there, I don't know if he like a lot of people say like was he even prepared for the leg kicks? But you but you know the leg kicks are coming. But when once you step in there and stand in front of the guy. You don't know until like that moment, right? And it's just Yanez's style is like more of a boxer oriented, right? He's more upright, and that allows for, you know, the kicks to come in and snap you real quick, and 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 the kick and the guy to shoot back out real fast before you can even like return fire, right? When uh, Yanez was, you know, like he he started to feel like, man, my leg is not gonna last this fight. He started to push forward and you know land some some strikes, some punches and stuff like that. He had a few good moments, but um Jonathan Martinez, man, he's he's uh he's he's created like a cheat code for himself. And you know, all credit to like Mark Montoya, him, uh his teammate fought earlier that night, uh Gutierrez, both mm -hmm. those guys, you know what I mean? They're very they're phenomenal at with their feints, 
with their hip, moving their hips, fainting with their hips and their shoulders, and like just like and then just snapping those kicks out there and and landing them in perfect spots, right? Just accuracy. Um, but will he be able to do that at the highest level at bantamweight? Can he go in there and uh, and can he do that? That's the question I'm going to ask you. Can can Jonathan Martinez go in there and do the same thing to um, Rob Font? Can he do the same thing to yes. uh, a Song Yadong? Can he do the same thing Maybe. to a Peter Yan or Corey Sanhagen? Those are yeah. those are the fights that he needs next. Those are the fights that he needs to jump up to, right? <laughs> Jonathan Martinez is ranked number 13. Ayanez was 15 or 14. Uh, that doesn't really shake up the rankings. Chris Gutierrez right. is number 15, and he just fought an unranked guy. Uh, so that, that doesn't really change much right there, right? They might shoot Chris Gutierrez to number 14 and then put Giannis at 15. Who knows? Maybe Giannis that, will be out the rankings. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's out the rankings, right? So I would like to see Jonathan Martinez versus Pedro Munoz. That's the fight that they should make. Both kick, kickers. I was just let's about see, to say that. Let's see who could kick the shit out of each other. Let's do it. Yeah. Kickoff. Yeah, let's we'll do change the word for kickoff. Change yeah, the meaning the completely. Yeah. Uh, Yanez, I think he needs to, I don't want to say take time off, but I'm pretty sure he's going to take some time off to get the knee recovered or whatnot. We don't know the, the extent of the damage. Right. Uh, but, um, but yeah, his last two fights have been, have been brutal, man. But that's what happens when you reach the top. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're gonna have some stumbling blocks, and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it returns. I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Adrian. Adrian's always been uh, uh, like a fan friendly type of guy. You know what I mean? Like he's yes, always sir. been for the fans. So um, can never hate on a guy like that. But Martinez, man, he reached another level. Is he? Is he gonna draw fans? Not really. He's very like a introvert type of guy. Quiet. I yeah, I was gonna say I got to meet him and he is pretty introverted and quiet. But you know what? That's likable. He's not there's so many loudmouths now. Like I'm sure there's a solid fan base of dogs that don't bark and they're feeling Mr. Martinez as that dog. I like him. Yeah, but the thing is, can he handle that? Can he handle going to a press conference? And then the guy he's fighting, let's say it's uh uh let's say it's you know. Peter Yan, or let's say it's uh, you know one of the guys that actually talks a little bit. Can he handle that during the press conference? Can he handle that like pressure? I want to see. I want to see enough. if he can. You know what I mean? Because he's introverted. You know what I mean? Like that's a, yeah. and and maybe he he that's his cheat code too. Like he knows like I could get into the space and I, no matter what someone says or anything that they do, I could you know perform at the highest level. We will see. But uh, he's on a six-fight win streak. That's incredible, man. Incredible. Yeah. He just knocked off. He knocked off Saeed in his last fight, who was a ranked opponent. And he just knocked off Yanez, who was also a ranked opponent. Two different styles, but he beat them both. Lovely. And he just he beats Cup Swanson with the same style, with the same approach. Right? That's... When you're when you're lefty with that kick and you're fighting orthodox, man. That's why... It's so important, I think, nowadays to be able to fight switch stance if you can. Have to. Yeah, because you never know what type of injuries that you'll sustain, right? So, and Yanez didn't seem like he was switching stances anytime in that fight. Not really, very rarely. And it, it was, was short, short moments, but he, once he switched, he was almost vulnerable. Like he didn't have an arsenal. So he mm -hmm. had to go back the other way to launch an attack. 
Yeah. He's 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 still so young and uh and he we still like has him. a bright future, man. These are two these are back to back losses for him, but that's he's why I get the best in the world. That's why my heart gets all you know upset as a fan because man, I'm just saying obviously this is the fight game and we're it's all about being the toughest out there, but I would really like to see consideration in the future for you know make it through the round if you want to be tough make it through the round but maybe nobody wants to throw the towel i get it but maybe you know don't come out for the next round because i just i just don't want to see that mindset keep repeating i don't want to see a bunch of young good fighters blow up their knees when they don't need to yeah and also i don't want them to come back too fast and then be cut you know what i mean and just being being thrown into the the wrong matchups as well you know management is important coaches are important to kind of guide you through you know sometimes Fighters are too good for their own good or too good, too, too bad for their own good, too tough for their own good or whatever. And they will accept whatever. And that's not the approach that you want. You've seen a lot of guys, you know what I mean? Um, Dan Hooker is a big example, right? Like he told me like, you know, he was managing himself for a long time until after the pandemic, like before the pandemic and during the pandemic, he was just doing like UFC call. He just signed. That's why he flew to like all these different spots all over wherever london abu dhabi the states like he was just and pretty much just jump on without any like you know he's a fighter right like he's just right. gonna go fight wherever it's an opportunity for him and uh and now he has management to where it's like okay now i gotta fucking have you know a plan i have to have a roadmap, you know of like what i want to do and there's certain things that i should not take you know what i mean and right. protect me i need to have somebody some fighters they need that right and and if you have the right ones your career can go in a totally different direction compared oh, yeah. to like if you if you don't have it and your career can go in a totally different direction but it's going down you know what i mean and we've seen what happened but um shout out to uh adrian adrian has always been uh, a solid dude and jonathan martinez is super talented and he's become an elite fighter and it's great to watch him develop into that person um yeah nothing else to say let's move on to the next one Michelle Pajeda versus Andre Petrovsky. My uh, big, my big oopsies of the night. All right, so, so let's let's talk about this one. Michelle Pajeda, he moves up to middleweight. I didn't even know this was happening. I should have figured it out because Petrovsky is a middleweight, and he's definitely not going to cut down the welterweight. Um, he's a big boy. So Pajeda, he goes up to middleweight, and he doesn't have to cut the cut the weight um anymore which is great i think he's a he's a solid player in the middleweight division you know he still looks the same he's still explosive has probably more power now more stamina which is gonna be uh it's gonna be a treat man to watch right because i I'll, i'm just waiting but petrovsky taking this fight th let me tell you the story right so i get a uh, i get a message from uh pat brady pat brady fights with pfl friend mm -hmm. of, of uh andre and he's like oh you know andre's gonna be out in thailand soon i was like oh for shoot what? And i was like pat you gonna be there and he's like nah you know he just got surgery so he can't fly and he's out recover gotcha so so pat or uh andre gets to gets to phuket i see him at the gym and you know i was about to like you know set something up interview whatever you know what i mean right and i was and i saw andre i was like what's up andre you know Introduced myself. I've interviewed him before, so he, he like I probably, he probably knows who I am already. But I introduced yeah. myself just in case. And then the next day, he you know like we chit chat a little bit. And then I left to 
cover one championship. And when I come back, I was supposed to interview him. Like, we were right. setting something up. When I come back, he was gone. Because why? He took this short notice fight yep. against uh, Michelle Pereira. <laughs> and I was like, damn. Like, it, it was like on days. Like, he was gone. Like, right. Days. Like, within days, he was gone on a flight back to the States. So, shout out to Andre, man, for flying across the world to take a short notice opportunity. I know it didn't yep. work out. And uh, Michelle Pereira is not the fighter that you really want to be taking chances against. But it is what it is. And Petrovsky, you know, he hasn't lost in the UFC. That was his first loss. But I think when you look at it in hindsight, it is what it is. You got caught, took a fight on short notice. You know, you don't know what type of, uh, like, weight cut that he had to go through. You know what I mean? Like, shit like that. So other than that, Pereira, he's a monster. J-Spec monster monster and i want to i want to punch myself in the face for one i'm gonna admit it publicly this past week if you heard me on other places i picked michelle Pereira. i don't know what happened fight morning a little bit before we start our fight spaces i go oh i think i'll go Prochowski for some reason switch my pick lose the fight Pereira looks amazing i don't know what got into me and so i admit that i was wrong and i changed my my stance, which is just everything about that was wrong. What's not wrong is Michelle Pereira at middleweight. Dude looks phenomenal. Obviously, sample size of one, very short time uh, in front of us. But regardless, dude, he's got, he's got the power. Nineties yeah. uh, music and reference, man. Speed, he, speed yeah. as well. Like he's explosive. He's probably one of the most athletic fighters we have in the UFC. With just overall, it. like. He, he's like jumping, flying knees, like out of nowhere, right? Just hopping off the fence and kicking yeah, people in the he, face, right? This fight. He's on Bach. On Bach. Yeah, on yeah. Great. Go watch that movie if you guys ain't seen it. Miss it out. Yeah, he's on Bach for real. Uh, Mr. Petrosky, like you said, hey, kudos to you, bro. You're a real one. Hey, you, you went across the whole planet just to make a fight happen. Hey, thank you. On a fight card that was already riddled with bullet holes. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I. You know what we've seen in the past, John? Guys who scratch the UFC's back get their back scratched twice as much. So hopefully that's the case for him. And uh, yeah, man, just looking forward to more Michelle Pereira at middleweight, man. Yeah. Whenever someone says, uh, like, you scratch your back, it always reminds me of that scene in Superbad where he's talking <laughs> to the two girls about buying them alcohol. Yeah. The funny thing about like... my back is on my front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what? I say that out of context all the time, and like I feel yeah. like nobody saw the movie because I just look like a dork. Yeah, because the, the chick's like, you should scratch our back, we'll scratch your back. And it's like, the funny thing is, like, he thought he said something clever. I love the acting on It's one of the best movies, like, ever made, like, comedy movies. Does, For real. Like, I definitely. could watch it, like, I could watch it today. If I watch it today, I'll still laugh. We'll watch it right after this. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Yeah, uh, if you've never seen Superbad, you're watching the show, you need to watch Superbad. That is just like comedy at its highest level. And it just brings you back to like when you're young as well. It forced the state of Hawaii to change their ID. Just saying. Yeah. McLovin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, iconic moments in that one. But uh, Petrovsky, I hope he comes back, man. Maybe he'll come back here and have a little vacation. He probably got paid pretty good penny for that short notice fight. So um, hopefully for him, I say Michelle Pereira, his next fight, should be someone with a name. Like they gotta put him in a Coleman event. Something like they they need to like utilize him as fast as possible. Oh yeah. Um Andre Muniz, I think he's booked. Chris Curtis is booked. 
Paul Craig. I don't like that matchup too much. But Nasruddin, I'm I'm off. That's a pretty good fight, I think. All right. Um, that could that could challenge him a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, even like a Jack Hermanson would be a good fight. Him versus Jack Hermanson. We haven't heard from Jack Hermanson in a while, right? But if he feels, comes back and fights, uh, comes back and fights um, Pereira, why not? Why, why the hell not? not right? Let's uh, let's move on to this bantamweight banger, and uh, we'll have oh, you get into it. Jay Spec, uh, Christian Rodriguez versus Cameron Simon. We were talking about this a little bit ahead of uh, the show. Just uh, give us your thoughts on Christian Rodriguez and his uh, his approach to the game. Well, he is doing the weight. I would I would like to name it the weight bully 2.0. Uh, man is, in my opinion, this is just my speculation. He's gotta be on Uncle Dana's shit list. Let's let's break it down. He comes in, misses weight uh, three times, right, uh, John? He missed it in the contender yeah. series, missed it uh, beating, fighting, and beating the prospect of the year, undefeated, uh, undefeated. Prospect of the year, rising junior. stars, yeah, you know? and just just kills that. I mean, he didn't kill the hype train, but like made everybody put question marks up. And then another, yeah. and then this one, this fight wasn't even close. Mr. Rodriguez, hundred and thirty pounds. I mean, he's halfway to the next weight class already. Let's be honest. Like, and he's the smaller man physically. If you looked at him and Mr. Simon in the in the in the cage and octagon, it was clear that Mr. Simon was the bigger man, and he still made the weight. So that could tell you some things. I mean, one, Simon had to be there's some kind of negative effect from cutting weight that C Rod didn't uh participate in. So that's one major thing. And two, everybody talks about the ability to take a punch in your overall conditioning. If you're not dehydrating yourself, you can take a better one and you can go longer. Everybody knows this. So man, C Rod. Playing with fire, in my opinion, not doing favors for himself or his representation as a whole in the sport. But at the end of the day, like we talked about plenty of times, John, wins. Look at the column. Are people going to remember him missing the weight all that much? Only time will tell. But he's over here blowing up undefeated prospects. And uh, shoot, well, good for him in one way, but I'm pretty sure he has a target on his back, in my opinion. Yeah, he's not in the good graces of the matchmakers. That's definitely true. And, you know, giving away like 30% of your purse is not fun, especially if you're only making 15 and 15 or 10 and 10 or something like that, right? Which right. Is nothing, right? Um, yeah. It's it's very odd that he's missing weight and he still wants to fight at battle. I wonder what the causes are for that. I wonder why he missed weight in his last fight. I wonder why he missed weight in this fight. Like, like you said, it wasn't even close. What, it was four pounds off? which is huge, yeah. right? Four, Four over the one making, pound race. Yeah. yeah. You're making huge mistakes. But uh, I, I rate Cameron Simon as a high level prospect. These guys are all high level prospects. Like Rodriguez is high level prospect. Cameron Simon's high level prospect. Mm-hmm. I rate them higher than, let's say, uh, Raul Rosas, right? Raul Rosas is still super young. I think right. that he's not a level as Christian Rodriguez. Or These guys are more diverse, for sure. They have way more diversity in their game. I wonder if they would put they they would put Simon against uh, Rosas. <laughs> they possibly will. They probably will, man. Uh, but uh, but Cameron Simon never lost his first loss. Uh, Rosas he came back from his first loss and devastatingly and did a great job. I think Cameron Simon would probably do the same. Um, he's 
he's he's solid. He he's an all around fighter. He's an MMA fighter. He's not like a particular style or anything like that. Christian Rodriguez, uh, he's been with champions I think since the age of fifteen. So like he's been training with the best. You know what I mean? I think Pettis brothers. You know all of that. Uh, uh, what is that team up in um, Rufus Sport? In, yeah, Rufus Sport. Right. So uh, yeah. So bright future. It's just missing weight. You know what I mean? Performance was good. He won the fight. A lot of people are saying, like, what if they were the same weight? Would the would would the fight be the same? You know what I mean? And that's true. That's there's asterisks, but at the end of the day, when they go back and look at these records, no one's gonna care about the missed weight except for the UFC, right? Because they they have to you know deal with it or whatnot. But it's not good for him, man. Like, I wonder no. if he's gonna actually get a good fight next, or he's just gonna get some. Well, like you're saying, that's. That's not good for him because think about it. Like, think about this for real, though. He just beat two undefeated prospects that had respect and height and, and some noise behind their name. He's not getting any love today. There's no there's no Christian Rodriguez post. There was no Attaboy. You know what I'm saying? If this was somebody else bl- blowing up two undefeateds, you bet you they'd, there'd already be a little army chanting his name, calling him the GOAT. But you know how it is. But for real though, he, I think I think the fans are even kind of responding in a somewhat negative format to these wins. And that's just you know my what I'm seeing. Oh, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, he's he needs to get something right, right? And the UFC, I like PI, they they uh they offer everything you need to be able to cut weight and like have a meal plan and all this stuff. I've talked to many people about it. It's just, I've been there. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. It's it's mind blowing. Like um now moving on to like the prelims, right? Uh let's see what the prelims look like. So the so that was main card, main card, and then the prelims, first fight on the prelims was uh there's a couple performances, right? I thought that were really good. Um, there's definitely some Emily, honorable Emily mentions Dakota, for sure. Emily Dakota with a solid performance. She was coming off back to back losses. I think she she did what she needed to do. Elbows, the body Dude, work was was beautiful. Some cuts that she yeah. caused, like she looked like she had two more eyeballs, like eyeball slits on her face. Right, she looked like, like an anime cat, right? When yeah. they joined, <laughs> crazy, know. right? And yeah. uh, uh, Melissa Dixon, right? That fight against uh, Irina Alexeva, Alexeva, that was yeah. a crazy fight, right? Wasn't it? It was. It was brutal. Yeah, like, like when you when, when so, if someone didn't watch these fights and you just kind of glanced at it and you you looked at the the ladies fight the Cote fight and the Dixon fight and you just go oh decision ladies fights go to decision well then you didn't watch it because both of those fights were bloody and just just gruesome. Yeah, she damage. got dropped in the first round after she was kind of winning the striking exchanges and she gets dropped like heavy mm-hmm. at the end of the round and and survives and then she wins the next two rounds right with her grappling. I think Melissa Dixon has promise, dude. I think she's, you know, this is her first fight. She's undefeated. Um, I was trying to get an interview with her, but she was, like, laser-focused. So hopefully I get one soon um, after her debut now. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a crazy, crazy, uh, crazy performance. Shout-out to Melissa Dixon. She represents the U.K., I believe. So U.K. got another uh, solid, solid prospect. And how old is Melissa Dixon? She's, I don't think she's that old. Where is she? Um, she she's 32, is, so she's 32. not the youngest. So they need to start giving her some good matchups, right? Like you can't sit around at the age of 32. You gotta push forward. 
And that's a solid win against Irina, the the Russian Ronda, which is the dumbest nickname I've ever Thank you. Thank life. you. I was just about to say that. The dumbest, one of the dumbest nicknames. Hey, fighters, I'm just throwing out there. I do free consultations for nicknames. I will definitely help you out if you ever need it. Because fighters well, like that, anything. yeah, do you need, you need help. Like, you shouldn't be the, first off, in this era, you don't really want to be like Ronda because that means you're getting beat up. Not a good, good, not a good idea. Just not a good idea. Well, you should never be like the Russian something else. Like, you're you. Yeah. So make your own name, like the the Japanese Conor McGregor. Like, why? Why? Would yeah, you who, yeah. Somebody there was a fighter super recently with that, right? Who said yeah, that? that was like so dumb, stupid. like stupid. Be yeah. yourself. Be your own name, right? Anyways, uh, not Throwing, doing too. too uh, I was gonna say there. sprinkle some love on Cruz Gutierrez, man. That hematoma yeah. that he put on uh, his opponent was just like gruesome, but awesome. Yeah, but the thing is about that approach and that style right let's say you don't finish the guy with leg kicks then it's kind of like the fight doesn't it doesn't it's not that exciting you know of course he's taking all these kicks and everything but if you don't finish the guy with the kicks it's like we just saw a guy kick for 15 minutes and uh and we won the fight right a lot of people don't enjoy that unless you're doing what jonathan martinez did right and chris gutierrez can do it as well it's just Alatang Haley is just tough as shit. Um, I yeah. remember watching Alatang Haley years ago, and and seeing him get knocked out and just broken jaw at the hotel. Dude, just like walking around with broken jaw. I was like, damn, that's that nuts. Sucks. Um, Terrence McKinney goes in there twenty seconds, man, and, and just does his thing. The dude is talk about athleticism, right? And just pure killer instinct. Yeah. Like Terrence McKinney, man, he's he's a cool dude too. Like like if you ever like have interactions with them yeah very he's positive. awesome yeah very positive and uh and i would like to see him fight again man he's talking about he wants to fight in december i say you give him a short notice fight i think that's where he shines man because that's where he shines now he's got back-to-back wins back-to-back first round finishes man what think of back-to-back first round finishes I, man After- I, wanna, I was gonna say like good for him because he is now the opposite example for everybody's like don't take short notice fights well, Terrence McKinney did it properly, and he got it going good for him. Michelle Pereira on the other side of it. So, obviously, there's examples of this that could go either way. But I, I'm happy for McKinney, man. He makes people – I like fighters that make people happy. And tune in. Like yeah. He, I don't exactly. understand why he was on the prelims, dude. Like, it doesn't matter who he's fighting. He's going to have an exciting fight, and you should put him on. Also, like, sorry to Brandon Moreau. Like, that was yeah. – you got the short straw, sir. You got the, uh, yeah, well, you got, you know, you got to do what you got to do to get in. You never know what happens in a fight. Um, yeah, so Terrence, man, uh, he he's doing his thing, man. He's resurging. And uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of people hate Terrence, you know, and, but you hate him, you're watching him. Yep. Uh, so we'll see. But it was a bad situation for Terrence, too, man, because I was going back and forth with Terrence during the camp. You know, just messaging him because I was going to interview him ahead of this fight, but he just never had an opponent. Because I remember Chris Duncan and him was announced, right? So I interviewed Chris Duncan, right? And then maybe a week later or two weeks later, like he 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 had a he had an injury, so they pulled him from that fight. And then I ter- messaged Terrence. I was like, "Yo, you know, like when are you going to have an opponent?" They just never had an opponent until like a week notice or something, right? And then this is crazy. So like, yeah, so he already had like he was already in camp and uh, and doing his thing. So 
hopefully they treat him better than that moving forward. Um, Darren Elkins versus TJ Brown. TJ Brown goes in there and uh, I don't know. I, did, I missed this fight. I'm just going to be honest with you. I missed uh, the fight before that between the two Brazilian girls and Darren Elkins versus TJ Brown. What did you see in that one? What is the odds? So I'm going to, you know, this is not coordinated or planned. You know, it's a live show. So I'm just going to tell you this. Those are the two fights that I did watch, and I'll give my best assessment. But I was also partially broken in concentration because we had the wonderful Zach Palga with us. So I was Mm -hmm. talking with him. So uh, my take uh, on the the Oliveira-Lisboa fight was, uh, if I remember correctly, Ms. Oliveira just wasn't, in her realm like she looked like a debuter uh against a veteran it just it kind of that one kind of just fell to script no, no disses or anything but she just looked like maybe not ready for this level of opponent there could be some other ladies that she might have some success at the the elkins brown fight i was cued in on this fight before it happened i was kind of maybe even suspecting a really good banger uh, a shootout if you will gunslinging festival it turned it did that thing that we know happens right when we have two wrestlers what happens it turns into a striking fest we have two guys who can strike and bang and make a good show of it well they both went the intelligent route and it kind of turned into a, a grapple fest uh one that of course mr elkins came away with the victory so uh man those those were my summaries of those two fights uh, nothing crazy. Uh, like I said, I don't think there's any highlights in either of those fights that your friends are going to be talking about that you're going to be missing out at work. Uh, there's no consequence from either of those two fights that you're going to be like, oh, shoot, what happens next from it? So watch it if you want. I'm not saying not to. There's just It was very, very grappling heavy uh, for the Elkins-Brown fight and the Lisboa fight. Like I said, Devla just looked like a veteran of the UFC versus someone who just showed up, and she did. Um, yeah, that, there you go. That's the card from uh, last week. And uh, before we get out of here, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about next week's uh, pay-per-view. Because there's some fucking, there's some fights on there, right? There's yes. And can I, I, I want to talk about next week for another reason. Why, another reason why you should be on the All-Star Sports app, all right? Obviously, we're doing Championship of the Month stuff. But say you didn't make it for the month and you want to just show up in the space be the best picker in the space, most accurate using the all-star sports app. And you're going to win this Demetrius Johnson autographed glove. That's for this ultimate, uh, for this UFC event, pay-per-view event coming at us this weekend. So boom. All right. So I'm going to show you guys, I'm going to make my picks right now. Right. I'm going to show you guys how to make the pick. So look, so we got the main event on the screen right here. I'm going to take Volkanovsky by, Mm. KO round three. All right, Usman versus Chimaev. I gotta take Chimaev. You know what I mean? And I'm gonna Mm. take him by decision. I think it's gonna be a tough fight. Ankalaya versus Walker. I'm taking Ankalaya by submission in round two. Uh, This one, man, this is a tough one. But I'm taking him by decision right here. Uh, Gafarov versus Durgomedov. Oh man, I'm gonna take the veteran by decision. Uh, Tim Elliott versus Makhev. I say Makhev by submission, round three. Uh, Yaya versus uh, uh, Peaks. I'm taking the Murderer Peaks by knockout first round. I think they're going to go banging heavy. Basarat, I'm taking Basarat by decision. 
Uh, Dumas versus Azatar. This one's going to be a crazy one, but I think Dumas will be able to get the knockout in the first round. They're going to bang too. Jubilee versus Breeden. I'm taking Jubilee uh, by decision, the Indian savior. Uh, Wood versus Naimov. Um, I'm going to take the favorite Wood by decision. Uh, Junior Fry versus Duko. I'm going to take Fry, Korean pride. Fry, Korean pride. And uh, we're going to go with the decision here. Silva versus Magomedov. Ugh, I'm going to take Silva, man. He's always been good for the no- nice little surprise knockout. So there you go. That's how you make the picks. Boom. It's that simple. That Boom. easy. And Look if you join JSPEX League, you can win an autographed glove and also an autographed poster. Demetrius Johnson. Easy. Am I, am I eligible for winning? No, because I would never want to win. But I just make the picks and you can play against me and we could do our thing. Anyways, we'll talk about Makachev versus Islam. Alex Wokonovsky. 11 days notice, he's going to hop in there. He's going to take his chances against Islam again. Islam accepts a fight. And, you know, Islam said, he's like, you're the, wor- you're the best in the world. doesn't matter who comes to fight you. You fight whoever's the best in the world, right? And they, that's what he does. I love it. I love Islam. He's a great fighter. And the mentality, I love it. Uh, Volkanovski's, they're cut from the same cloth, man. They're, they're, they're from different countries. They have different lifestyles, but their the mentality is the same. Right, these guys are here to become the best, and uh, we get to see it. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say too much, right? If you want to watch an interview I did, I did an interview with uh, Volkanovski's head coach. You should see at the bottom of the screen right there, Joe Lopez, and he talks about the matchup and and uh, you know bringing the team together to to prepare and on eleven days notice stuff like that. He also talks about uh, Ilya Teporia and. Uh, and USADA and, and UFC. But um Hell yeah. what's your prediction? Like what do you think is gonna happen in this fight, Jason? I'm gonna be honest, but small pause. If you're new to the, the fight picks game like John was just showing you, and you're a white belt, you can't pick finishes. So don't get frustrated or one thing that's broken. You just gotta get to blue belt, which is really easy to do. It probably takes like one or two fights. There you go. Anyways, now this fight, I like it and I hate it. How is that possible? Well, I wanted this rematch, so I like it. I like both the fighters, so I like it. The short notice part of it, that's what makes me hate it. Volkanovsky's not going to get a third crack at this. Like, this is it. This is do or die. This is all the marbles. And I already said in the first fight that he's fighting an uphill battle. He's the smaller man, like it or not. And he's not the champ of the division. So with all that being said, I think Islam has more of an advantage this time, unfortunately. And it bothers me. I really wanted more of a, a fair fair situation, if you will. But someone said, and it, it kind of rang in my ears, you can't wait for a perfect opportunity. You don't know how much longer things are going to happen or even if this will even happen again. So if you want it, you got to take it, like it or not. And I can respect that. I can I can actually totally respect that. So it's it's with a caution in my chest as a fan. I want Volkanovski to win, but my brain tells me Makashev will probably come through on this, even though my heart wants different things. Yeah, I'm not betting on this fight. Like, like <laughs> I don't like this is a, this is a fight you should probably stay away from. Just you know enjoy I mean? it. Yeah, enjoy it. Because um, in in the interview that I did with. Uh, Volkanovski's coach, he told me Volk only has one or two more years left of fighting. And he's trying to get the biggest fights 
the biggest fights possible. And yes, this sir. is one of the biggest fights, defending his featherweight titles, big fight. And then they say possibly UFC 300, that could be his swan song. Like that Ooh. could that could possibly be something that we might see in the future. Um, I could see Volk and Izzy on 300. Like I could see that happening. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, so like nothing, nothing to lose mentality, everything to gain. And I want to see how dangerous Volk can be in that situation, right? Because right. that's what it is right now. 11 days notice, there's no full camp. You know? And I think another thing that uh, his coach was pointing out as well in the, set, in the first fight that he did not like was Volk kind of got caught up in the moment and he wasn't fighting and he was kind of like talking trash, you know, to Islam and all that stuff. I think that we won't see in this fight. We will see Volk fully focused looking for openings, looking to kill him. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be different. Like, he, he kind of got caught up in the moment. He said something similar to that in that fight. And he says, I feel like that will be the big difference. But even with that, all the odds are stacked against Volkanovski. He's flying yes. into Abu Dhabi. Islam's probably been in Abu Dhabi for weeks right now. You know what I mean? That's like his second home or whatnot, what they call the second home. Um, and it's going to be a pro-Islam crowd, without a doubt. Right? Mm-hmm. The stadium's going to be full. And, uh, yeah, so we will see. But I'm picking Volk, third-round knockout. I think that could be a possibility. But I would never bet money on that. If I was betting money, I'd probably bet on Islam to win by decision. Right. Again. But we'll see. Now uh, we'll go to the next one, which is Usman versus Chimaev. So this one was also, uh, you know, a short-notice fight. And... Kamar Usman steps up to, to middleweight and, and faces off against the boogeyman, which a lot of people think is the boogeyman. Whoever wins this fight, I believe they're going to get a title shot. I think that's what they said against Sean Strickland. So this is for all the marbles right here, man. Right. I'm kind of root. I'm kind of rooting for Usman to win. I like the this this Usman stepping up on short notice. Hell you know, yeah. The underdogs, you know what I mean? Like you want them, and they're all stepping up. Like Volk is stepping up a weight on short notice. Usman stepped up a weight on short notice as for the title. I kind of want to see Usman versus Sean Strickland. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, that's an interesting fight to me. Uh, to my eyes, Sean Strickland is interesting as well, but uh, I think Usman, man. I, I, I'm rooting for him, man. I, you know, like, I think a lot of people uh, didn't appreciate him enough when he was the champion because he was, he was doing his thing, man. He looked incredible for that short period of time, but I think his body failed him. I just wonder how his knees are going to hang hang on in this that's fight. That's the question. Yeah, that's the question because there's going to be a lot of scrambles. I think Chimaev's going to want to uh, wrestle with him, right, and, and test that. And uh, we could see. But uh, what do you think? What do you – do you have a preference in this? I, I Yes, I do. And I'm going to unfortunately sound like I'm repeating myself, but we're going to interchange the characters. I am totally for Usman stepping up. I to- I like it. Good job, man. Saving the card. I mean, that that was a rough day in media uh, that day. Was, I mean, just like the sky was falling, everything was breaking, and then the guys jumped in and saved the show uh, just two weeks ahead of time. I mean, Usman just showing all the qualities that you want from a fighter, uh, especially a ve- even in a veteran fighter that doesn't have anything to prove. This kind of goes back to something he said during International Fight where people are like, hey, Kamaru, so who are you going to fight next? Chimaev or uh you know whoever you know the top three guys is Kobe him and whatever they kept running that question to him and he's like man I dude this they're booked I'm I'm just waiting I'm just waiting I don't know what's happening for me next and the fact that he was ready 
like phone call, boom, boom, let's go. Man, that's awesome. Now, with that being said, I would like him to win just like you, just for the chaos, just because. And I'm not against Chemayev at all, uh, but I'm going to pick Chemayev to win this fight, man. I, I think the two uh, gentlemen who are prepared for their fights and uh, come in all, all this whole way for this event are so much more ready. And the other guys are just in, like you said, John, nothing to lose scenarios. With their backgrounds and their skills, that's super fucking dangerous. And I hope these fights are just entertaining. But uh, my heart is with Usman. My pick is with Shmaev. So this, these fights are on in the morning for you guys. Is that right? Yes, sir. It will be... Uh, oh, I haven't checked the exact time, but usually when it's over there, uh, yeah, we're starting in the morning. Yeah. Uh, don't, it don't says 10 a.m. Eastern. Yeah, so it'll be... Perfect for you guys. Oh, yeah. 7 a.m., dude. I love breakfast and... Breakfast and punches is the best, man. That's what I usually do. Um, yeah, that's gonna be pretty late for us. I think it's gonna be like nine p.m. for us here. Oh, I believe. Yeah, nine p.m., which is pretty good. But like, once you get to that, like, it gets rough. You know, when you start getting to the main event time. But a lot and of supporters, a lot of supporters of Volkanovski here. I'm not gonna lie to you. He's yeah. He's part owner of Bangtao Muay Thai and MMA. So okay. Course, you know that's that's his gym. You know what I mean? That's his yeah. gym. So, so, uh, so there's gonna be a lot of that. But uh, yeah, there's some crazy matchups. I'm loving it. Um, yeah. So, I think uh, a big matchup right now. Like, there's some really good fights. Like, there's the Saeed, uh, Nergomedov versus Muin uh, Gafarov, Tim Elliott versus Moab Makaev. That's a solid matchup. Javid Basharov yep. versus Victor Henry is a good matchup. There, and then there's like you know other matchups that are really good. It's just those are the ones that stick out to me the most. Like not on the main card. Um, well, one of them's on the main card. Uh, but yeah, very good. You know Johnny Walker is always good for an interesting fight. So we'll see what happens yep. with Ankalaev. I could see him completely knocking out Ankalaev too. Like Johnny Walker, he's like he's kind of like uh, Michelle Pereira, right? Just he's just I, athletic, speed, yeah. power, all of that stuff. Johnny Walker is like also like a, one of those like spin spin a wheel, and you're like, exactly. well, he's either gonna get knocked out, knock somebody out, choke somebody out, go the distance. You never know. He's he's a wild card. Without a doubt. Everybody, next week, man, big card. J Spec has his uh his prize pool for his his. There you go, the the glove. You want that? Go download the All Star app. It's in the descriptions. Sign up, make picks. You know, what I mean, there's no investment of money. There's no like, oh, you get to this level and you gotta pay. You know, a fee, nothing. There's nothing to pay. You just use the app, make picks, and uh, join JSPX League, win prizes. There's other leagues as well. Yeah. You know I mean, are there? Are they doing picks on? Are they doing uh prizes on the other leagues? Not that I know of, but yeah. you can make your own league. You can join some yeah, others, you can, and yeah. you know, it's it's all about building a community and joining others. Exactly. Create your own community, man, and uh, and have people come in, invite people to to uh, play with you, and uh, you know. It's, it's a leak, so do your thing. And it's year-round. It never stops. Um, any last words before we hop out of this? Just want to say thank you to you for all those banging interviews you do, giving us the inside track on stuff, because we would be out in the forest without that. Uh, I want to thank everybody in the community for continuing to grow and support us coming through the live show. Join us this Saturday for UFC uh, pay-per-view, of course. And uh, thank you all. Thank you all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Join the spaces on 
on Twitter or X. I don't know what what it's called. I still right. call it Twitter. And you see it right here on the screen. J Spec, the host, go in there, follow him, and then the spaces jump in. You know, with a nice community that they have, and and enjoy the fights together. Because um, I notice a lot of people they do watch fights alone, right? Yeah. Like they're at home enjoying. It. It's a little bit better. And then you just got a little earpiece in with people talking to you, you watching yeah. the screen. So, so you hang with the homies, and you never know who comes through. So exactly. some fighters that we've already had as special guests, they just roll through on accident, and you never know. So just come by. There you go. So everybody, make sure you do that, and uh, we'll be back next week to break down UFC 294 in Abu Dhabi. Peace and love. <laughs>